Welcome to the Resilient Mind Podcast. In this episode, you will be listening to How to Achieve Mental Mastery with Dr. Joe Dispenza. Get access to the Mental Mastery Program and other exclusive episodes by becoming a subscriber. Enjoy. Everything starts with a thought. I mean, everything that you do in your life, you, you have to have a thought before you initiate an action, right? So, mm-hmm. so if you believe that your thoughts have something to do with your destiny, like any great leader in history understands that. Uh, the first thing you have to do is you have to decide, are you going to be defined by a vision of the future mm-hmm. or are you going to live by the memories of the past? Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example. Most people wake up in the morning and your brain is a record of the past. It's an artifact of everything you've learned and experienced to this moment, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a memory bank. So most people wake up in the morning and they start thinking about their problems and those problems are connected to certain people and things at certain times and places. And the moment they start, start turning on those circuits, those memories are actually causing them to think mm. in the past. Mm. Every single one of those memories has an emotion associated with them and emotions are the end product of past experiences. So then the moment they recall the event or they, the, they recall some problem in their life, they start feeling unhappy, they start feeling discouraged, they start feeling anxious. Mm-hmm. Now thoughts are the uh, language of the brain and feelings are the language of the body and how you think and how you feel creates your state of being. So we could say then, most people's entire state of being when they start their day is in the familiar past. Well, if you live in the familiar past, then it makes sense you're going to create the predictable future. Mm. So what happens for most people is they get stuck in their biology. So think about this. Mm. Your body is your unconscious mind. It doesn't know the difference between an experience in your life that creates an emotion and an emotion that you can create by thought alone. Mm. So if you're living by the same emotion every single day and those emotions are influencing your thoughts, and you can't think greater than how you feel, or feelings have become the means of thinking, you're thinking in the past. Your lens of the future is going to be colored by the past, so you can't see possibilities. So most people like to wait for crisis or disease or diagnosis before they wake up enough to see. Well, the challenge is is that biology tends to be redundant. So if you keep thinking the same thoughts, and those thoughts begin to fire certain circuits in your brain, the nerve cells that fire together wire together so all of a sudden you start getting hardwired and those are the thoughts that you can think the easiest Mm. at the same time those thoughts produce chemicals called emotions and the next thing you know your body gets accustomed to living by the same emotions and it could be guilt it could be unhappiness it could be pain but at least it's familiar to you at least you can predict it so Mm. some people would rather cling to the familiar than take a chance in possibility so for most people then they say well I don't really see how my thoughts have anything to do with my destiny. Well, that's because 95% of those thoughts are subconscious programs, right? So you're not even conscious that you think those thoughts. So Mm -hmm. the first step to change is starting to think about what you've been thinking about and change it. And and then when you begin to observe those thoughts, you're no longer the program. Most people though, when when you do that, when you decide to really take a look, it's like lighting a match in a dark place. Hmm. So you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to turn on your TV. It's easier to, hmm. to play with your cell phone, to distract yourself hmm. from those feelings. Well, when you understand that change really requires becoming uncomfortable to a certain degree, and that's normal, that you're yeah. leaving the known and Good. you're stepping into the unknown, Good. then it begs the question, what thoughts do you want to fire and wire in your brain? Because your attention on those thoughts begins to re- reorganize circuitry, re- remold the brain. 
because most people are waiting for their life to change yes. so they can feel gratitude, to feel abundance, to mm -hmm. feel whole. You know, that's the old model of cause and effect, you know. Mm -hmm. So if you're living with emptiness, you're living with lack, you're living with pain, most people have been conditioned that something out there has to take away this emptiness or feeling inside of them. But if you believe that you're creating your life and you're living by lack, well, lack isn't going to create abundance. So then it makes sense then that you don't really actually create wealth, you generate wealth, you oh, generate wow. abundance. So the moment you start teaching your body emotionally what that future is going to feel like before it's made manifest, well your body is the unconscious mind, mm -hmm. believes it's living in that future in the present moment. Now, it's a scientific mm -hmm. fact that it's the environment that signals the gene, okay? Mm -hmm. The end product from an experience in the environment is an emotion. So when you begin to embrace an elevated emotion, you're beginning to signal the gene ahead of the environment. What's the importance of that? Well, genes make proteins, and proteins are responsible for the structure and the function of your body. Hmm. And the expression of proteins is the expression of life. So by you creating an elevated emotion and teaching your body what that future will feel like before it's made manifest, your body's starting to live in that future reality in the present moment. Now here's the key. If you were able to become familiar with gratitude, become familiar with wholeness, become familiar with abundance, to become familiar with freedom, mm -hmm. and you're able to generate those chemicals every single day, more than likely you would be walking around feeling like your future has already happened and you would no longer be looking for it to happen. You would already feel like it has happened. Now, what is the importance of that? Well, you're literally becoming somebody else. Yes. So you're leaving your lack. You're leaving your guilt, you're leaving your emptiness behind. So your personality, literally, Ed, is made up of how you think, how you act, and how you feel. And how you think, how you act, and how you feel is your personality, and your personality is intimately connected to your personal reality, your life. Mm -hmm. So then if you want to change your life, your personal reality, you got to change your personality. And mm -hmm. here we go again. you got to start becoming conscious of your unconscious thoughts. Mm -hmm. you got to start noticing how you act, how you speak. You gotta pay attention to how you're feeling. Some people would live in guilt their whole entire life and don't even know it's guilt because at least it feels like them. So then when you start doing that, you begin to objectify your subjective self. So when you begin to make small changes back to thought, yeah. a new thought should lead to a new choice. Mm. A new choice should lead to a new behavior. A new behavior should create a new experience and a new experience should create a new emotion. Yes. And that new emotion is teaching your body chemically to understand what your mind is intellectually understood. Now your mm. body is embodying the truth, right? Mm. So then the new emotion should inspire new thoughts and that's called evolution. So how do we get stuck? It's really simple. The stronger the, the emotion you feel from some event in your life, be it a betrayal or a trauma or whatever, the more altered you feel inside of you, the more you pay attention to the cause outside of you. So the brain takes a snapshot. It freezes an image and embosses that pattern neurologically in the brain. And that's called a memory. We create long-term memories from strong emotional events, okay? okay. So some certain people have a strong experience in their life and it catches all of the brain's attention. So now okay. they think neurologically within the circuits of the past experience okay. and they feel chemically within the boundaries of those emotions. And so how you think and how you feel creates a state of being. Now here's the problem that if you don't know how to mediate or control your emotional reaction to that event 
and you keep that refractory period of chemicals going on yes. for extended periods of time so that the event produces a chemical change and the body needs to return back to homeostasis or balance mm. but if it can't then the elongation of that emotional reaction for weeks say for days or weeks is called a mood so you say ed what's wrong with you i'm in a mood why are you in a mood well this thing happened to me five days ago and i'm having one long emotional reaction so then what you do is you keep telling the story about it keep firing and wiring the same circuits and you keep conditioning the body into the past oh so then you wake up in the morning you look for the emotion so then now all of a sudden you keep it lingering for, for, for weeks or months, that's called the temperament. Well, why is he so angry? I don't know, let's ask him, why are you so angry? Well, this thing happened to me eight months ago. I'm having one long emotional reaction. I'm memorizing my emotions. You keep it going on for years on end, that's called a personality trait. So then a person then is memorizing themselves by living in the past. And so then you say to him, well, well tell me the story. Now, the latest research on memory says that 50% of what we talk about in our past isn't even the truth. So we make stuff up about the past. In other mm. words, people are reliving a life that they didn't even have wow. just to reaffirm that they can't change. So then what's the significance of this? Where you place your attention is where you place your energy, period. Yes. So then the stronger the emotion that you have to some problem or condition or person in your life, the more you're paying attention to them. So they captured your attention. So you're giving your power away. Wow to that person, right? Because they're capturing your attention. Wow. So then there's an energetic connection to every person, everything, everything in your past, present reality has your energy connected to it. So now, mm -hmm. this is the significance. When a person really decides to be defined by a vision of the future instead of the memory of the past, the hardest part about it is all of a sudden becoming conscious and not making the same unconscious yes. choice. Mm -hmm. So then, if you lower the volume to your frustration, to your hatred, mm. to your anger, if you truly knew how to do that, if you lowered the volume to that emotion, you would take your attention off that person, oh which means you would begin to break those energetic bonds and now you're taking your power back. Yes. You're calling energy back to you and we've measured this and all of a sudden it builds this bigger electromagnetic field around the person's body. That's energy to heal. That's oh. energy to create a new future with, right? Yeah. And then. If you didn't want to lower the volume to the emotion, then just take your attention off the person. And every time you take your attention off the person, if you became conscious of that, you wouldn't feel the emotion. Mm. Now the body though, has been addicted to that emotion right. because you're using that person yes. to reaffirm your addiction to hatred or frustration. Mm -hmm. And if that person died, you'd find another one. Mm -hmm. So then here you go now. So now you're in a position now where you begin to lower the volume to that emotion and the body's going, wait a second, you've been, you've been doing this for the last 20 years and all of a sudden you're just gonna stop hating? And the body says, well, I've been conditioned this way and conditioning is based on the past. So when the body feels the, the lack of that emotion, just like a drug addict, it says, hey, uh, you're off schedule here. So now the body starts influencing the mind to think about experiences that are embossed in the brain that are based on that emotion. So the emotion now is causing you to think in the past. If we teach a person then how to trade that frustration or that hatred for an elevated emotion, and they'll say, yeah, but you know, it was my ex's fault or I got betrayed by my partner in business. Yeah, 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 we know that. Okay, so let's take your partner in business or take your ex, let's duct tape him, put him in a cannon and shoot him to the moon. Now what are you gonna do? <laughs> mm -hmm. Sooner or later, you gotta reckon with yourself and change, mm -hmm. right? So then, 
teach a person then how to trade that emotion for an elevated emotion. Now, trade the emotion for an elevated emotion. Right. So yeah. you're going to give that up and you're going to practice feeling gratitude for, as an example. Yes. And the person says, well, I can't feel gratitude. And I say, absolutely you can because you don't practice feeling it. You practice spending most of your time feeling hatred and frustration. Mm. So now it's going to take a little time to cause that heart of you to bloom or, or your mm. heart of yours to bloom. Once they're able to feel even the smallest measure of gratitude where they start feeling appreciation, thankfulness, Gratitude, it's emotional signature. When you, when you get something, mm -hmm. uh, when you're receiving something, when something has happened to you, uh, or when something is happening to you, you say thank you because you're receiving something. So the emotional signature of gratitude means the event has already happened where it's happening to you. Mm -hmm. So the moment you open your heart and you feel gratitude, well, that emotion then is telling the body that the experience has already occurred. And the thought then mm -hmm. can make it into the body because it's consistent with the Whoa. thought. So now you're beginning to program the autonomic nervous system into a very specific destiny. Mm. You gotta maintain that modified state of mind and body your entire day, mm. independent of the conditions in your outer environment, mm. independent of your body's cravings of those emotions and habituations mm. and independent from time. Mm. And if you can, get ready. Because something weird or unusual, some synchronicity, some coincidence, some mm. opportunity is gonna land in your lap and you didn't have to go and get it. Yes. It came to you. Now you're the vortex of creation. So if mm. you say to me, well, I was feeling gratitude, but then there was traffic or my coworker sent me a, a nasty email, mm. then I would say, oh my God, you mean you're allowing your environment, right. your outer environment to control how you feel and think? Mm -hmm. You're back to the unconscious program that you're the victim to your life. But when you start producing those outcomes in your life, you're gonna pay attention to what you did inside of you and you're gonna believe more that you're the creator of your life and less of the victim of your life. We're changing our brain and body to live in that future present reality so that, so that you feel connected to a future instead of the past. Well, and when you're connected to the past, you're looking for it. And if you're looking for it, you're separate from it. If you're being it, then, oh then, then there's, there's, there's a complete change in energy and nobody changes until they change their energy. And when you change your energy, you change your life. Mm. After 8,500 brain scans, I can tell you that you and I are at our absolute best when we get beyond ourselves. That is the elegant moment mm. where we're free enough to create without any encumbrances. The majority of our thoughts and feelings are connected to our sexuality, to our victimization, our guilt, our suffering, our shame, our unworthiness, our self-doubt, or our importance, our control, our fear, our anger, our frustration, our hatred, our judgment. Those are, those are the first three hormonal centers in the body. And, and those first three centers have everything to do with survival. Mm. And those centers are energy consumers. Orgasm, digestion, <sighs> stress is a lot of energy that, that yes. we're drawing from our very vital life force, yes. our resource of light and information, and we're turning it into chemistry and we're literally robbing the body's energy, right? So, so then living like that for the short term is okay because the body can move back to homeostasis, it can mm -hmm. restore itself, but when we're overdoing that consistently, yeah. then there's no energy for growth and repair because you're living constantly in survival. So again, you can eat all the right food, you can do all the right things, but if you're living in anxiety and fear and you're viewing your world from the worst case scenario that could possibly happen, because that's what you do in survival, 
there's no energy for growth and repair. There's no energy for healing. So the majority of our thoughts are signaling certain circuits in the brain that signal another part of the brain, the limbic brain, to make what's called a neuropeptide. Mm. Neuropeptides are chemical messengers that signal hormonal centers. Mm. So now you're taking thought mm -hmm. and you're storing it as energy in these energy centers. And, and if you're living in survival, why would you open your heart? I mean, it's just not a time to open your heart. Mm. I mean, if you're getting chased by T-Rex, mm -hmm. it's not a time to meditate. It's not a time to learn. It's not a time to connect. It's not a time to communicate. It's not a time to sit down and go within. It's not a time to be vulnerable. It's time to run, fight, or hide. And so I think survival has been very adaptive. Yeah. Like because if you're being chased by T-Rex, you don't run up to T-Rex and say, oh, cute little dinosaur, let me pet you. That's not adaptive. Mm -hmm. The fear is adaptive. You run from the unknown. You yes. run from challenges, right? Yes. So if you're living in survival, there's better chances of surviving mm -hmm. if you run from the unknown. And by the way, when you're living in survival at the infinite potentials in the quantum field, hmm. you'll select the worst case scenario in your mind. Hmm. And you'll begin to emotionally prepare yourself for the worst case scenario because you have better chances of mm -hmm. surviving. There you go. If you prepare for the worst, right? There you so go. people spend their whole life yes. thinking about the worst thing and emotionally embracing it. Well, you take a thought and emotion or an image and an emotion, you're branding or conditioning your body, body. into what? Anxiety, oh into fear. So then you keep doing that over and over again, over and over again, you're, the body becomes the mind of fear. And whether you think you can control it or not, you're gonna have a panic attack. Oh and the panic attack is the body saying, you've conditioned me this way, try as you may with your conscious mind right. to control it. Right. You programmed it subconsciously. Then mm. you start worrying about the next panic attack and it's that very anticipation that go. keeps the person on the hamster wheel. And right? robs them of all of this energy as well. They're absolutely, so, so, so they don't believe impossibility when they're living in that state because mm. in survival it's not a time to create all the blood flow is going mm. to the hind brain and away from the forebrain there's no there's there's no physiology really for a person to begin to create a new future mm. so then so think about it so then 70% uh, of the time people in the world are living anticipating the next moment based on their past moment. And so they're laying reality down moment by moment with the next known, the next predictable moment. So and so the hormones of stress endorse the senses. Our senses become heightened when we're under stress mm. and we become materialists. We narrow our focus on the danger. Yes. So then you're focusing on matter. You're focusing on the material world. And when you do that, you put all your attention, the arousal of the stress hormones puts all your attention on your body. If you're being chased by T-Rex, you better be paying attention oh to your gosh. body. When people start reaching this moment, my goodness, they're mm -hmm. overcoming themselves. And now they're at that perfect place to create. And my definition of creation is when I forget about myself. Wow. That's when you're free. So some people can do it because mm -hmm. They've practiced it. Other people can't get beyond the addiction of a certain emotion. That means their body is still their mind. Yes. So then if you're sitting in a meditation and your body's throwing the kitchen sink at you and saying, Ed, you're a loser. You're never going to change. This is too hard. Why don't you quit? And you're aware that that's your body doing that. And you say to your body, we're going to sit here. And we're going to sit in this fire and I'm going to keep applying the formula and my, your brain starts running to all the emails you have to do and yes. you become aware of that and you return back to the present moment mm -hmm. and you tell the body it's no longer the mind, that you're the mind. Mm -hmm. Now your will is getting greater than that program and there's a liberation of energy. And every mm -hmm. time you do that, that's a victory. When you say to your, mm -hmm. when you, you want to get up and you want to quit and you go, yeah. oh, no, that's my body, bring it back. Okay. And now you're, now you're taming the animal. The body is the animal and you're mm -hmm. like a dog, you sit.
Mm. And if you keep doing this, keep doing this, you're climbing on top and the body finally acquiesces. It finally says, I'm not going anywhere. And then mm. boom, there's this liberation of energy. What's the side effect? Joy. Joy. Person's heart just automatically opens up. And, and every time they do that, those victories add up. There's no such thing as a bad meditation. Mm. There's only overcoming yourself. Mm. And when you sit in the fire and you work with that, People say to me, why do you meditate every morning? I say, because if I can overcome myself in the morning, the rest of my day is Gosh, easy. Is it's that easy. Not true? Because, because that's what it's about. You master yes. yourself, you master your life. Yes. And so then all the chatter in your head that yes. you listen to all day long, that is called the default mode network in the brain. Mm. Our research shows that shuts off, not just shuts off during the meditation, mm. it stays shut off for the rest of the day. So the critic in your head that's telling you this will never happen, you don't have enough time, mm -hmm. that, there's no voice there. Mm -hmm. So you just have a clear, flow on yes. where you're going and you trust yourself more. Yes. So then when you start practicing creating that brain and heart coherence, you can believe in a future that you can't see or experience with your senses yet, but you've thought about enough times in your mind that it's actually, <laughs> there's physical evidence in your brain to look like it's already happened. Man. And you can begin to understand, you can select a new potential in the quantum field and every day emotionally embrace that future reality to such a degree that your body begins to believe it's living in that future reality in the present moment. And you're signaling new genes and new ways to change your body to look like it's already happened. Now think about this. If there's physical evidence by thought alone in your brain and body to look like your wealth or your future yes. has already happened, it's already happened. already happened. And you're already it. So it's not about your wealth. It's not about your health. It's not about your freedom. It's who you become. So then as you overcome, 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 you become someone else. And so most people don't understand that that the truth is, is that every time you overcome yourself a little bit more, the side effect is that you love yourself a little bit more. And so self-love is no longer about pleasure or having yes. a car. It's something that you're cultivating within you. So then imagine we have research to show, and this is such a, this is such a duality, that when you start seeing the brain start synchronizing, getting coherent, mm -hmm. from the front of the brain and the back of the brain, the two hemispheres coming together. And you, we can say to scientists that come and study our work, oh, watch this, Ed's gonna pop. What do you mean? Just watch, this is gonna be good. And all of a sudden you see this brain going into this kind of psychic union, the heart blows wide open, you see coherence going on. And you'll look around at that person and there's tears running down their mm -hmm. face. Imagine mm -hmm. feeling so whole that it's impossible to want. I mean, how can yeah. you want when you're whole? Because you feel like you already have it. Now, mm. when you reach that point, that's when the magic happens because now you are worthy to receive. Yeah. And the universe only gives us what we think we're worthy of receiving. Share this with them, please. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I mean, um, I'm curious and I'm a pragmatist. I mean, if you tell me something, all I want to know is how I'm going to use it in my life. And, yes. And I'm not into dinner conversation because nobody changes from that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm a doer and I want to be around doers. And mm. you, you get a group of people that are passionate about transformation and they've, mm. they've done some of the work. When we were doing our four day, four and a half day uh, advanced workshops, right around the end of the event, I was seeing people starting to know, seeing some really great transformations. And I thought- This is the pop. Yeah, it's a pop, I yeah. mean, big pops. Yeah. And, and we were like, we had to send them home 
Mm. And I was like, oh God, man, if I could just have them for a week. Mm -hmm. So we created these week-long events where people retreat from their lives. Okay. And they remove the constant stimulation in their external environment yeah. that reminds them of who they think they are yes. as a personality. Yes. They separate themselves from the people they know and yeah. the places they go and the things that they do at a certain mm -hmm. amount of time in their routine mundane life. So mm -hmm. we'll bridge a little quantum physics with a little neuroscience, mm -hmm. a little neuro ep uh, endocrinology, a little epigenetics, yeah. uh, psychoneuroimmunology. Those are all sciences about possibility. And I now know that if you can give people sound scientific information, and, you know, for me, that's the language. I know. And yeah. then if they can turn to the person next to them and explain it, you're not going to get off the hook. Yeah. If you can't explain it, it's not wired in your brain. Mm. But if you can build a model and explain it, you're installing the neurological hardware in your brain in preparation for the experience. So the more you understand what you're doing and why, mm. the how gets easier because you can assign meaning to it. So then if I can set up the conditions and the environment and give them the proper instructions and push the envelope a little bit, yeah. and people who get their behaviors to match their intentions and their actions equal to their thoughts, they get their mind and body working together, they're going to have a new experience. And the experience then is not only going to enrich the philosophical circuits in their brain, because experience does that, but it's going to produce an emotion. Yeah. So they're going to start feeling more unlimited. They're mm -hmm. going to start feeling more free. Now they're teaching their body chemically to understand what their mind is intellectually understood. So if you've done it once, you should be able to do it again. You have the recipe, you have the formula. So yep. if you can repeat it, you will neurochemically condition your mind and body to begin to work as one. In other words, the body will start to learn how to do it as well as the mind, and you won't have to consciously think about it any longer. So it gets mm. easier, right? So we, we follow that format, and the first couple days is that getting beyond your life, yes. getting beyond your emotions, everybody's got to do it, but if you just keep applying the formula, keep going, I keep reminding you and keep building the model. I give them numerous opportunities to connect okay. and numerous opportunities to overcome themselves. Mm. Sooner or later, you're just going to figure it out. It doesn't matter. You're just going to figure yeah. it out. And when you do, then we start seeing now these incredible transformations and changes. And it's like a four-minute mile. Yeah. Because I really think now, Ed, that evidence is the loudest voice. Sure. It is the loudest voice. And yeah. so we've got all the brain scans, we've got all the heart rate m measurements, we've got great measurements on immune regulation, how you can strengthen your immune system by thought alone. We have great measurements on, on that you could actually change your genes in, in yeah. four days, lengthen your telomeres, lengthen your life within 60 days, you know, change your neurotransmitters, mm -hmm. change the energy around your body, the energy centers of your body, mm -hmm. and change all this stuff. And so, that's the scientific evidence, but the evidence of people now is really, is really the laboratory. Mm. So then what's the side effect of a person then who begins to make significant changes in just mastering that formula? Well, the side effect is a remission from a health condition. So we have seen not once, not twice, more than twice, blind people. Mm. Like that, that one lady had a uh, a stroke on the optic nerve, a nurse uh, mm -hmm. from, from London, very smart lady, and um, the, the uh, lesion was on the optic nerve and it created a blind spot yes. uh, in her visual field mm -hmm. from six o'clock to nine o'clock. So okay. she can't see right. anything there. And so she lost her license, uh, mm. she's a, she has, a, she's has her own company, uh, she couldn't read emails, and sooner or later your brain accommodates a little bit, but right. not fully. Mm -hmm. And so the typical 
prognosis with a stroke uh, when there's neurological damage that if, it, if your brain doesn't recover within two weeks, it's gonna stay. It's gonna stay the same yep. and slowly get worse. Yep. So uh, she has great relationships with all the physicians and they all said, uh, yeah, you're gonna have to learn to live with it. Mm. And believe it or not, one doctor said, hey, why don't you try going to this event and this nurse, Nurses are practical people. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are super practical people. You want to want to get a good doctor, ask a nurse, right, right? Sure. And they're just very, very practical. So she she did all she did the online course. She did both the courses. She read all the books. She did all the meditations, and she came to the event with the intention of learning how to live with her condition. Mm. It didn't occur to her fully mm. that she could heal it, and she went because she wanted to start a nonprofit uh, to help people. Wow. So she went with a doctor that, that, uh, uh, that um, recommended uh, the work and um, just certain point in the middle of the event, she was doing a walking meditation at, on the beach uh, with a thousand other people there and, and uh, it occurred to her that maybe she should think about healing her eyes, you know. So that she went into uh, the meditation in the, uh, the, uh, the same day and she laid down after we finished the meditation and she said it was like someone taking cellophane, crack, pull, you know, crackling it in her head. She felt something going on inside her brain and she was crying because she knew something oh spectacular God. was happening. And she didn't want to open her eyes and then the, the, the meditation ended and she said, when I opened my eyes, it was like I was seeing so much brighter. Wow. And she said, I could see no blind spot, and she would, the doctor was laying right next to her, and she was sobbing, they were hugging oh each other, gosh. and uh, so, so she went on the Monday morning mm -hmm. uh, to get her eyes, the visual mm -hmm. fields measured, and uh, we'll, hopefully we'll get the image for you, but sure. you can see on the, the, the pre-measurement just a black, that, that quarter of the sphere, the lesion, of the, of the circle was mm -hmm. just all black, in other mm -hmm. words, blindness. Mm -hmm. You see the post measurement on the Monday morning after the event. There isn't a black spot. Unbelievable. Complete restoration of, uh, of mm -hmm. sight. Now, if you ask me if that was possible, mm -hmm. um, you know, two years ago, I would say, yeah, it's possible theoretically. Mm -hmm. But now, like, this is the four minute mile. And a person sits down after they witness that. When they close their eyes and they do their next meditation, their acceptance, their belief, and their ability to surrender and trust mm -hmm. that it could happen to them becomes greater. What I want our, our community to do is say, what is standing in the way mm. between me and my ability to connect to that field? Mm. Because I want to eliminate every belief, That's every emotion, every past, mm. you know, whatever. I want to remove all of those veils. Why am I doing this? Because I want to get so good at this. We, we have yeah. some MIT researchers that are, gonna, that are gonna organize all the data. Mm. 50%. We want, I want to get to 50% and then we are going to walk into Children's Hospitals oh and we're going to gosh. say, what kids, just mm. give us your kids. Oh. We, won't, we won't touch them. We don't mm. want any money. All we want to do is help. Mm. And um, I think that is... Uh, that's amazing. That's a living organism called the human beings. That are, that, the living organism, the human being, the age of selfish individuality has to end right now. Mm. The living organism has to take care of one another. They have to heal one another. They have to teach one another. They have to exchange important information amongst one another. They have to shine for one another, not to be outstanding and competitive, but to show others that they can shine. That's, that's the only way we're gonna make our way out of this mess. In order for you to, to really begin to explore the unknown aspect of yourself, 
you got to learn how to get beyond the known aspect of yourself. yourself. And if you keep coming back to the known, you're going to mm -hmm. miss out on the unknown. So you would say, well, I don't know anything in the unknown. Of course, it's the unknown. And if you mm -hmm. try to control it there, you're back to the known. If you try to predict it, you're back to the known. So mm -hmm. you got to go through this trial and error of just kind of refining your attention, Gosh. refining your ability. And, and it's just got to be something like playing tennis or playing golf or doing martial arts or working out or crocheting or yeah. dancing the salsa. Yeah. You just got to keep going, man. Yeah. In the beginning, it's tedious. And then when you start finding your groove, like our, our community, they don't miss their morning meditations. Yeah. You know why? Because the magic is happening and they mm -hmm. know if they miss it, they're going to, they're going to, cut off from the magic. So mm -hmm. they, they, whether they're tired, whether they're hung over, whether they're, they're, right. they're in, right. you know? You know and and if, you, if you wake up in the morning and you can't get your butt out of bed, mm -hmm. you know what that means? It just means you can predict the feeling of everything that's gonna happen in your life yeah. and the body's resigned. The body's so resigned. Then, so then, you know, when you went on a school trip when you were a kid, you know, mm -hmm. you woke up before your parents because yes. you knew something new was going to happen. That's the yep. body going, wake up. Wake up. It's something unexpected is going to happen. What yep. happened to us, yep. right? Christmas so, Day. Yeah, so, yep. so why not, yeah. you know, put in your, put in your time mm -hmm. and, then, and then measure the effects of you at cause. I mean, become the scientist in your life. And really start to ex experiment with it. Okay, let me change my energy. Let me just write down four thoughts that like I can, it's too hard, I'll start mm -hmm. tomorrow, this doesn't feel right, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's be this person's fault. Just write those down and say these thoughts, yep. like Gandalf on the bridge. Yes. You may not pass today. This is the end. Yes. So then if you become conscious huh. of those thoughts, now you're the governor of your thoughts. Gosh. What 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 actions, what behaviors do you want to change? Do you complain? Do you mm. blame? Do you judge? Do you make excuses? How do you talk? Do you speak limited? Just pick four things mm -hmm. that you're not going to do any longer. Yeah. What emotions get you in trouble? What are the emotions that you're addicted that, to too, right? That, that yep. you're addicted to that yep. keep you returning back to your past. Yeah. And if you don't know, yeah. Close your eyes for about 30 minutes and just watch where your mind goes and watch your feelings and just say, okay, it's frustration, mm -hmm. it's unworthiness, it's self-doubt, it's guilt, mm -hmm. it's frustration, it's shame. Just become conscious of those yeah. and just review them in your mind so that mm -hmm. you don't go unconscious them in your waking day. It's if the word meditation means become familiar with, right? Yes. Then, you know, people say, oh, well, you shouldn't focus on the negative. Well, really? That's 95% mm -hmm. of who you are. And you got to begin to dismantle or denature that old personality. Mm -hmm. And that means you're going to have to come up against the cravings that the body has emotionally. You know, like it's 8 o'clock in the morning and you're doing your meditation. You're normally in traffic and mm -hmm. you want to get angry and your body's going, hey, you're off schedule. So <laughs> let me just find a, something that's mapped in the brain that I, I'll bring up a past experience why you can feel a little anger. <laughs> well, now once you become aware of that, now, now the game is on, yes, right? Yes. Because now you're working to become conscious of that and not go unconscious again. And it takes an incredible amount of awareness. Yes. It takes a great amount of consciousness and you can't have consciousness without energy. Mm. So you gotta raise your energy in order to get to it. Otherwise, you're gonna be consumed. Yes. You're gonna return back, right? So, so if you start becoming familiar, so conscious of those unconscious thoughts, they would never slip by your mind unchecked by you. Now, mm. that is when you really yeah. catch yourself, right? Yeah. And the research shows that you can get better at this. You could actually sense the thought before it comes. So then you start firing and wiring new thoughts. You start thinking to yourself, who am I gonna be when I open my eyes? Mm. Well, how, am I gonna, how am I gonna make a difference in the world today? Mm. Who am I gonna be? 
Mm. How am I going to love? How am I going to give? How am I going to serve? How am I going to contribute? What, are, what things do I want to really do today? Mm. And in the, in the act of closing your eyes and just thinking about and rehearsing what you're going to do, yes. your brain doesn't know the difference. Yes. And if you get caught up in it, you begin to install the neurological hardware in your brain to look like you've already done it. Done it. Now the brain's no longer a record of the past. Yeah. Now it's a map to the future. Right. You are priming your brain, and if you keep doing it, yes. the hardware will become a software program. You know what that means? Mm. You just might start acting like a happy person. Mm. Well, there's no surprise there. Mm. You installed the circuits. Stress hormones arouse the body so you have your attention on your body. Stress hormones alert the brain so you're aware of everything in your environment, like mm. an octopus with tentacles and all different directions. You got to control and predict everything in your life. Mm -hmm. And if you're living by the hormones of stress, you're always investing your attention and energy into the known future based on the past. So you're on a, you're on a, you're on a line of time here, yes. a timeline. So then let's think about it. Mm -hmm. How are you going to make thought more real than anything else? How are you going to create from thought? Well, let's close our eyes. Mm -hmm. Let's disconnect from the environment. Right. Less sensory information coming into the brain, less yes. distraction, as you said. Yes. Let's play some soft music in the background. Let's stick some earplugs in our ear. Whatever you want to do, diminish sensory. But now you're sitting down. Yeah. You're not eating. Yeah. You're not tasting. Yes. You're not smelling. You're not feeling. Yes. So there's more, less, less sensory input coming mm. to your body. So then now mm. your brain waves begin to change. They start slowing down, and you move from this beta brainwave pattern where you're aware that you have a body in space and time or your attention is on the outer world or your senses are giving you information, mm. less sensory information. Now your inner world starts becoming more real than the outer world and you're not the voice in your head that's always talking to you. As your brain waves change, you start seeing in images and pictures and symbols and less in that vocalization, that sub-vocalization. So your brain waves start changing the alpha. You're gonna start creating, start dreaming, pretending, right? Yeah. So then, if you say to your body, you're gonna sit down for an hour, mm. and I know you're on a program because you wake up every morning and do the exact same thing, and now mm. I'm gonna make you sit, just like to an animal. You sit, you stay, and your body's gonna say, I'm gonna die, my bladder's gonna explode, I need a coffee, I got a lot of emails yeah. to do. That's the program. Mm. And you say to your body, today we do battle. Mm -hmm. Today, this is it. And you sit through that and you make your way, even though your body's trying to get up and you, you keep settling it back down, I'm telling you, yep. when you start your day that day, you will be more kind, more loving, less judgmental, more patient, more present, because you're mastering the present moment. That means you're not in the predictable future. You're not in the familiar past, you're mastering time. And so then, if where you place your attention is where you place your energy, and all of your attention is in the present moment, You've got a lot of energy to do amazing things. Oh, and you know when someone's present with you in your life because they're paying attention to you. Yeah. And you know when they're not present yes. with you because they're not paying attention to you. So, so the act of getting more present means oh. you're putting a lot of energy in the present moment and you're taking your power back from all these things and people in your life. So we teach people this. As they start breaking through and they start being able to unfold into this field as an awareness mm. and they're not putting their attention on their boss or their ex or their wife or their kids or their cell phone or their WhatsApp or their Facebook, they're, 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 they're not thinking at all. Mm. So then as they're sensing the space, they can't think and if you can't think, you can't analyze and if you can't analyze, the analytical mind is what separates the conscious mind from the subconscious. We just opened the door. Wow. And so now wow. you can reprogram in there, wow. right? So then 
It's so important then that of the infinite places you can put your attention, let's put it on your heart. Now, where you place your attention is where you place your energy. Why? Because we want this center to bloom. 1,400, 1,300 different chemicals that restore and regenerate the body. Let's breathe, let's open this up, let's practice this. Let's start learning how to lead with our heart, a different consciousness. Yeah, in the beginning, it's a little difficult, but mm. you stay with it and you practice it, pedal by pedal by pedal, you're placing your attention there, you're putting your own life force oh back gosh. into your heart, you're turning your love inward, oh. and the body will start responding. Mm. And in a week's time, if we're doing that three times a day or over and over again, <laughs> Sooner or later, that thing's going to start blooming. And just like when your sexual organs are aroused and they're engorged with blood, this center, when you start feeling love, you make a chemical called oxytocin. Oxytocin signals nitric oxide. Nitric oxide signals a chemical called derived endothelial relaxing factor. You know what that is? It causes the arteries in your heart to literally open up. So your heart is going to be filled with blood and oxygen and nutrients. It's physiological, it's going to feel full. You're gonna have a heart on, in a sense. <laughs> Your heart is gonna fill, right? And when that happens, you experience a level of love that passes all understanding. You, your cup runneth over. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Resilient Mind Podcast, where we're committed to empowering you with the knowledge and tools to achieve mental mastery. We hope you found this episode with Dr. Joe Dispenza insightful and valuable. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider subscribing or donating to our podcast. Your support means a lot to us and helps us continue our mission to help people thrive during difficult times. Thank you again, and check out our other episodes to continue strengthening your mind.